So, we've been in Matthew chapter 14. So if you're there, Matthew chapter 14, we have been going through um, this pericope where the disciples are on the, in the boat, they're in the storm. How many of you been in a storm lately? <laughs> Amen. How many of you been through a storm? Amen. Uh, and so we find ourselves right here in Scripture. If you stand for the reading of God's word, amen. Uh, and so we find we are in verse 30, amen. We are in verse 30. And it says, but seeing, now let me back up to verse 29. Just, just, he says, and he said, come, and Peter did what? He got out the boat and walked on the water, and came toward Jesus, right? What did, what did he do? He came toward Jesus. But watch verse 30. It says, but seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Amen. I want to talk about this morning why our faith fails. Amen. Why our faith fails. No limits. Part nine. Amen. Failure is not an option for any of us. At least for most of us. Um. I don't know a person who actually sets out to fail, right? None of us. It, when it comes down to failure, it's something that we try not to think about. It's something that we even avoid entering into our minds. Amen. But there are some people who have failed so much in life that failure has become, if you would, an expected thing for them. The reality of failure is failure and limits run together. Amen. I'm going to say it one more time. When we put limits on our lives, it's because we've failed so much. Amen. Or have experienced failure that we haven't gotten over it. So when we say no limits over our lives, there's a possibility, saints, that failure has caused you to hold back. Failure and limits keep company. They run together. Um, failure is one of Satan's biggest or greatest weapons against the believer. Why? Why would failure be one of Satan's greatest weapons? Especially as it pertains to your faith. Well, saints, faith pleases God. The Bible says, and without faith, 
It is impossible to please God. That they that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seeks him. So remember this, anything that pleases God, Satan is in opposition to it. Are you with me? Satan has been using failure for so long and he has allowed us or, or even watched us, amen. Remember, he's not omniscient. And certain things that you're doing right now, you can blame the devil, but it's actually you. It's you buying into a false system of theology. Lord have mercy. Many believers, when their faith is tested, and if they failed, amen, they stay down. Because they've tried to get up, Pastor. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. You haven't tried hard enough. Well, I've tried hard enough. No, you haven't because you're telling me you want to give up. You see, when it comes down to faith, amen, we need to know why for some of us our faith fails because we know that we have faith. Some of you have set out to do good things with yourself. Some of you have had dreams and you have all these things and all this these aspirations to do great things. But here's the thing, saints. The moment that we experience failure, amen, we give up. We throw in the towel. We say, oh, I don't, that wasn't for me anyways. You know, I, but, but I remember you praying for it. I, I remember you, you know, it's like, it's like getting a car. And then losing your job. You still got to pay for the car, right? Because you put your name on there. Matter of fact, you had more faith doing that than you did with God. Come on, help me somebody. Whatever contracts you enter, amen, it is entered by faith. I was watching a documentary yesterday, and they said the people in Europe, in the UK, there's two classes. There's middle class. And then there's the lower class. There's no in-between. There's no, he said, but in America, watch this. In America, people live only three paychecks away from being homeless. I started to think about that. I started to think about, man, we, got, we sure enough got faith, don't we? We, we do have faith. But, but, but here's the thing, when you don't plan properly, you will live like that and you say, I don't have faith. Well, you do have faith because the truth be told, a lot of us are living just like that. We're just three paychecks away from the streets. And oftentimes, the enemy plays on that. The enemy plays games. He's a game player, y'all. Amen. He's a strategist too. And so today we want to explore why does our faith fail. Peter was rowing against the wind. The disciples, they were rowing against the wind. I told you already they were in a category five storm. 
Have you been in those kinds of storms before? Right? Everything is failing around them. The ship is failing. Come on, somebody. Their eyesight is failing because they, they didn't think it was Jesus. Amen. Peter had to put Jesus to the test. Lord, if it's you, what he said. Right? He said, Lord, if it's you. Jesus already said it's me, but he already comforted them, but he still wanted more proof. Why? Because his faith was what? Failing. There's a lot of ways to look at this passage. And so the initial step of faith, saints, let me say this to you. Your initial step of faith will be great. All right? You can step out and do many things, anything actually. But it's staying there is where we fail. See, a lot of people step out and do great things, but when they get deeper into the waters, they can't stay any longer because their faith is failing. Peter is headed towards Jesus. And that's the only way for your faith, come on somebody, to hold up under pressure. If you're heading towards anything else, then you're, then you're going to sink. But oftentimes, saints, what I find out, found out in my life is that getting out the boat sometimes is really easy. But then here comes distractions. It's like you have that surreal moment, you know, that, that moment of euphoria, if you would. You know, like you're like, man, I did something. I stepped out on faith. I started this business or I went back to school or, or I'm doing this thing or I'm doing that or whatever it is that you're doing right now with your faith. And then here comes the kitchen sink. And I mean literally the kitchen sink. Fear sets in. Uh, worry comes in. The worst case scenarios in your mind now. And then on top of that, you blame God. Well, I did it in the name of God. God should be the one to hold me up. Let me ask you something. Whatever you stepped out on faith to do, if it doesn't work out, would you blame God? Will your disappointment cause you to give up on him? Come on, help me, somebody. I found out recently that the enemy will use success or a great idea to distract you from the kingdom of God. I wish I had you. He can use some things. Peter is here Walking on water. Watch this. He's doing something that nobody has ever done ever. And nobody will ever do it ever. He defies gravity. Come on now. Come on now. He's in the midst of a category five storm and he is walking on water. He's doing something that, watch this, some of us wish we can do. And a lot of us have had some 
water walking experiences in our lives. But watch this. Peter is heading towards Jesus. Look what the text says. The text says, verse 30, it says, but seeing, but seeing. I started to look at this. I said, but seeing. I ain't talking about the wind yet. I'm going to get to the wind in a minute. We're going to break down this verse. He says, but seeing. Let me ask you something. Which eyes do you use to see your situations in life? Some of us, we got cataracts. We do. We got spiritual cataracts because you know what? Our view is very distorted. Our vision is distorted. Right? But here we find this word for eyes, this word for seeing means to look. Watch this. It implies not only the mere act of seeing, but also the actual perception of what one sees. So the question is, why does our faith fail? First thing is, I'll give it to you, because we are no longer seeing with spiritual eyes. Lord have mercy. See, Peter had the spiritual eyes first when he walked out. All he saw was who? Jesus. But he started to lose. Here are the facts. The winds never stopped. Mm -hmm. The water was still filling up the boat. <laughs> Amen. They were rowing against the wind. And he, that did not matter had his first strike at getting out of that boat. Saints, I want to tell you something. Some of you are looking at your life, but you've lost spiritual sight. Watch this. Here's our problem. Sometimes we only have spiritual vision, watch this, as long as we're filled with the Spirit. Lord have mercy. And then after that, it's over. Watch this. Without a constant intake of the Word of God, seeing the Word of God, watch this, we lose spiritual sight. When he took his eyes off of Jesus, but watch this, he, he saw the wind. The wind was already there. See, a lot of times, what's already there is already there, but the reason you don't see it, because you have spiritual eyes. Do I have anybody? Watch this. When you don't have spiritual eyes, you see disaster. You see death. You see divorce. You see depression. You see doom. You, and eventually, you see death. You experience death. So Peter seeing. What did he see? He see, the Bible says, and seeing the wind, you know what the wind is metaphorically for? It's, it's, it's empty doctrine. The wind represented something, symbolically. You know what the wind represented? Instability. The wind represented something, and watch this. Here's the thing. When we don't see spiritually, when we look at life, when we've stepped out on faith and we don't look at everything through spiritual eyes, it's going to look bad. You're going to say, I can't keep going, Pastor. This ain't going to work for me. This stuff is not working for me. Why? Because your eyes have been 
distorted. Can I get an amen? Y'all quiet. I don't know why y'all so quiet. Y'all should see how y'all look at me like a deer coming in with the headlights. Okay, the light is on. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. The Bible says the wind. They're seeing what? The wind. Took his eyes off of Jesus, put it on the what? The wind. Can I ask you a question? What does the wind represent in your life? Fear? Doubt? Failure? No hope? No peace? Listen, the wind was always there. Lord, have my, I wish y'all were seeing this. The wind was always there. It didn't stop when he stepped out the boat. The wind was still there. Listen, some of us are looking for the ideal situation to step out on faith. When the wind dies, it'll never die down. You just got to step out on it. So why does our faith fail? Because we are no longer seeing with spiritual eyes. But number two, because we are no longer focused on Jesus. Our focus is the wind and not Christ. Our focus is not Christ anymore. Listen, what, 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 what did you think was going to happen? Amen. Many of us start the Jesus journey but we don't continue. Watch this. And then we stay in the journey, some of us, but we got one eye on him on Sunday and one eye on the world on Monday. Oh, Lord. See, when you can see Jesus, then you can obey his command. Then you can be wrapped up in his love. Then, then you'll understand that, watch this, he doesn't mean you bad. He means you good. Do I have somebody? But oftentimes, saints, we're wondering, man, why is my faith so weak? Because we're no longer focused on Jesus. Can I ask you a question this morning? What do you focus on? You? You know what Peter did? Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. He looked at the wind and he thought about himself and he thought about his safety. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oftentimes, that's what we think about, right? We think about only what? Me, myself, and I. But the text tells us that he took his eyes off. He saw the wind. Since how many times have we started with focus on Jesus and then the focus shift? Come on now. He said, what does that look like? What does that look like to focus on Jesus? Keep your eyes on him. Stay in his word. Amen. And then not only just stay in his word, apply his word. Read his word. Ask for understanding of his word. Come on, somebody. The Bible says the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So what I'm trying to say, saints, is this. You started well. You, you got out the boat. You were doing it. You were, you were on your way. And, and watch this in a split second. Well, it's the same thing that happened in the garden. Did God really say that? Then you start rationalizing, right, with Satan. First of all, you shouldn't even get in a conversation with him. Abandon the conversation. So I had a battle with the devil. I said, oh, okay. How'd that work out? 
Listen, whenever you say you're talking to the devil, you got problems. You've taken your eyes off of Jesus. And somebody here tonight, I want to, this morning, I want to tell you something. You done took your eyes off of Jesus a long time ago. You know why? Because every time you hear a word of hope, you keep talking hopeless. You keep, you keep saying things the opposite of what you're hearing. Why? Because you've taken your eyes off of Jesus. You don't believe that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. You don't believe that he's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. You, you don't believe that he's alpha and omega. Amen. You don't believe that he's pure actuality with no potentiality. In other words, God doesn't need to grow or learn anything. He knows it all. So, so Jesus is there looking at his disciple, watch this, step out and do something, watch this, he didn't give him a, the, the miracle to do it. He didn't put no power on Peter to walk on water. Peter walked out on that water on his own according to the command that he got from Jesus. So he didn't get no special power to do it, but staying there is the problem. A lot of us start but we can't finish. The Bible says that in the last days, many will fall away from the faith. Listen, we are living in those days today. There's a great apostasy in the church today. People are moving from this place to that place in this church. And some of us, some of them are just abandoning the faith, period. I'm tired of church. I'm tired of church people. Okay, I get it. I get it. Church ain't a perfect place. But you ain't perfect either. So you thought you were going to add to it? Amen. Because you were in the same place that they were. If you, if you want to tell the truth. You bought the same liquor they bought. You were hanging around the same places they were hanging around. You were sleeping with some of the same people that they were sleeping with. So you want to talk about the church ain't perfect? The moment you joined it became imperfect. So that's why we need Jesus. Saints, people join church and they lose focus. Your faith, for somebody I'm talking to, is failing because you're no longer focused on, you're focused on the wrong thing. How much money they bringing in? You focus on the wrong, you don't even give, but you want to know. What kind of nonsense? Talking about my church. How going to be your church and you don't never pay nothing? You don't never give nothing? Oh, boy, y'all say, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, there, go them, there, go them, there go them headlights again. Go them headlights again. Amen. You, you sure enough talk up on your church. My church. We give it with my church. Amen. Let me stop. Look what the text says. We're no longer seeing with what? Spiritual eyes. Because we're no longer focused on Jesus. You know, that, I'm, I'm, I'm laboring there because, listen, you, that, that's not just a cliche-ish uh, statement. It's, it's real. It's like my stuff in my life becomes so important to me that I can't see, even see Jesus in it. But can, I, can I tell you something? He's real. How do you know he's real? Oh, I don't think you know he's real. Listen, 
I'm, I'm saying something. He's real. He sits at the right hand of the Father. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And I'm talking to somebody here today. You got to know him for you can't borrow mama's Jesus. And here's the the Jesus that we imagine sometimes is not the Jesus in this Bible. Jesus said, we don't, oh, oh, Jesus, get me out of this. Oh, Jesus, if, if you just do me just, just this time, Lord, just, just this time, Lord, just this time, promise. The Bible says not seeing the wind, he became what? Frightened. He became what? He became frightened. That word means to be alarmed, to be struck with fear. In other words, Peter, rather than walking, he got paralyzed. He got what? Paralyzed. He got stuck. Can I ask you a question? How many of you feel stuck? <laughs> you keep trying, right? Watch this. You keep saying you want to try. You start moving, but then you get stuck again. You, you know what your problem is? Go on now. Because fear forces out our faith. There's a battle for your faith. Watch this. Peter's fear caused him to withdraw and to flee from his faith. How could we allow fear to rob us? Can I ask you something? What are you afraid of? You're afraid of trusting? Do you, are you afraid of people? What are you afraid of that's causing you to stay stuck? You want to do more. Watch this. You got to get over whatever it is that's causing you to be paralyzed. Can I tell you? Can I tell you something? Let, let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me insert this right here. Fear is a tool of the devil. I'm sorry, let me, let me phrase it like this. I, I wrote it down. Fear is a tool of a man-made devil. I'm talking about the pitchfork and the red suit devil. And he wants you to think that's exactly who he is. But he's a conniver. Okay? He suggests things and then he waits for you to pick it up. Amen. Listen to this. We can't let fear force out our faith. Watch this. And we cannot allow fear to cause us to withdraw from worship. Listen. The Bible says he was frightened. Well, hold on a minute. I thought he had gotten over that after Jesus said, step out here on water. Some of us were just one step away from fear, you know. But until you ask the Lord to rid you of that, what's holding you back today? Fear. 
What are you afraid of? And can I tell you something? Watch this. Sometimes you can be afraid to be happy. Because the way it's went all your life. Lord have mercy. Those bad, jacked up relationships you've had. You follow what I'm saying? But listen, you, you weren't the same person. See, you, you, you're a different person now. You understand what I'm saying? And here's the thing. Watch this. Fear can cause you to be afraid to try again. To move forward. And now your faith has failed you. Why? Because you're afraid. And fear is another one of Satan's greatest tools. I'm going to talk about that when we talk about giving, but I'm a, I'm a, let me put a little piece right there for that too. You know what I'm saying? We, we, some of us are afraid to give. Right? Why are we afraid to give? Because we think we're going to lose something. I can't get my groceries. Man, you just gave $10. I'm going back to my $10 illustration. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was $10. I mean, I know $10 to some of us. I remember when a quarter was a lot to me. Okay? Because I was so broke. Like, I couldn't even keep coins in my in, in nowhere. Not in my purse. I don't have a carry purse. <laughs> nowhere. Nowhere. I couldn't even keep a quarter. But here's the thing. The Lord, the Lord has blessed me so. I don't even think about it. But what I'm saying, saints, you got to ask yourself a question. What is your greatest fear? And you got to overcome it. And the only way you can overcome your greatest fear is if you have faith. Look what he says. He became frightened. And watch this. And beginning to sink. Look at it. Look, look at this. Beginning to what? To sink. Oh, man. You know, you know, this is in the present tense. So in the Greek, the, the present tense mean, means this. Ongoing, <laughs> continual, habitual, constant action. Some of us, that's all we expect. Sinking. <laughs> I'm sinking. I'm sinking. I'm going to keep sinking. I'm going to forever sink. But you got to get you some faith. You got to grab hold of some faith and you got to say, God, I'm going to rise because I've stepped out on faith and I'm going to trust you. And listen, you got to understand that your faith cannot fail if you continue to believe. The next thing is, why does it fail? This, this, this is it right here. Because we're living what? In denial that we are drowning. Some of you are drowning. You say, I'm good. Ouch, amen, or thank you. Whichever one you want to say. It's up to you. You drown the water way up on your nose. You say, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you're coming up for a little bit of air. I'm good. No, you're not good. You're living in denial. 
You're drowning in your tears. You're drowning in your sorrow. You're drowning in your depravity. You're down in your negativity. You're drowning in all that stuff that you keep feeding yourself because you've taken your eyes off of Jesus. Come on now. Listen, faith is never meant for you to fail. That's the, that's, that's the killing part of it. We say that we're people of faith, but we don't act like it. Come on, help me now. Continual, habitual, you've been doing it for years. Drowning, drowning. Believing you're just drowning. You start off real well. You start off good at tax time when the tax refund come back. Shoot, you were walking on water when that stimulus came. It was just 1200 Boy, you, you thought it would never run out <laughs> till the Lord sent this big bill your way. And it was gone in like a day. You got to know how God works, man. Watch this. Your faith is not predicated on money. See, what held Peter on the water, write this down somewhere, what held Peter on the water was his faith. That's what held him there. And now the very thing that he needed to sustain him is the very thing, watch this, that he denied. He was in denial. Now, now he wasn't in denial, but I'm saying we live in denial. Because look at his actions next. But I'm just using this as the why it fails. He says, and he cried out. Look, look what he did. Lord, save me. Lord, what? Save me. Peter got theology. <laughs> Listen to this. Peter understood the concept of lordship, but he didn't believe it. If you're going to call him Lord, it means nothing else has rule over your life. Fear, doubt, nothing. But I love Jesus, boy. Even after we mess up, we can still call on him. But let me show you the last thing as to why faith fails. Here's why. Because pride will not let us cry out. I'm good. I got it. No, Pastor, I'm good. I don't need no help. I don't need nobody. I won't talk about it. <laughs> uh-huh. I got it. I don't want to try no more. Uh-huh. Okay. And my, my take is okay. You see, this is what we should do no matter how much we've failed, when fear sets in and, we're drown and you're drowning in your sorrow, cry out to God. Cry out to Jesus. That ain't just a cliche. And don't just make promises to him that you'll never keep. Don't just say, God, if you get me out of this today, then guess what? I'll do this tomorrow. Now, don't even say that. Make a promise to him that, God, if you get me through this, 
No, no, no. I know you can get me through this. I know it's predicated on my faith. Could you know, do you not know that some of us have already hit the bottom? Mm. We have. Because we will not cry out, Lord, save me. And while you're saving me, Lord, save me from myself. Save me from my selfishness. Save me from my doubt. Save me from all the things that are holding me down from believing in you. You know, when a smoke detector goes off at the house, our first reaction is fear. Right? Because we assume that there's a fire. Make sense? But sometimes your smoke detector goes off, but there's no fire. I wish I had somebody. There's probably either a battery problem or a connection in the wiring problem. I'm going somewhere. See, the alarm made a loud noise signaling you that there was fire, but there wasn't no fire. It wouldn't be wise to call 911 because, you know, you heard the noise without determining the truth. See, determining the truth saved you time with a false alarm. I wish I had. See, 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 the signal will cause you to dial 911 real quick, but you have to determine the truth first before you dial 911. It could have started, you could have started emptying your house, pulling stuff out, amen, breaking down the doors, uh, amen, and while the detector was making the noise, but when you, upon examination, you compared the noise with your reality. There was no fire. See, when we experience various emotions, we must examine them. We must ask the question, we need to make sure that we have the facts. See, Satan will have you thinking, I feel bad today. But it was a false alarm. Satan will have you to think, come on somebody, that, that it's all over for you, but, but it's just a false alarm. I'm going somewhere. Satan will have you thinking God has left you, but it's a false alarm. You have to make sure that you find out what the truth is. Not just based on what you feel, but what the facts are. I don't feel good. We don't always feel good. I don't feel I can do it. You, you, you're basing it not on facts that what God can do. But on what you feel that you can do. The smoke alarm was real as our feelings are real. But it's up to us to make sure that they are the correct indicators that we should act on. And so as I close today, I hope that you take the lesson.
that if your faith is failing this morning, amen, maybe you've, you're at that point, maybe at that place today, and you're saying, Pastor, you know what? I'm at that breaking point. My faith is failing. I'm drowning. But I've allowed my pride. Some of you feel stuck. You keep going through the same motions over and over again. And you keep going it over and over again. And today, God is saying to you, you have the faith. All you got to do now is make sure you got the right indicator. Make sure that you're gauging this thing against truth and not a lie. Because Satan is the master of deception. And so today, if you want to come this morning and say, Pastor, I'm ready to leave that place. I got to leave that place. I have to leave that place. I have to leave that place of deception. I have to leave that place of lies. It's, it's frightening out here right now. But I'm willing to take the first step. See, walking out on faith is one thing, but staying there is another. And so today, maybe you're struggling with staying out there. Pastor, it's the same thing. It's the same. Seem like the more I try, the harder it get. Listen, you know what that means? That means you're heading in the right direction. But maybe you got half your eye on the wrong thing. Not your will. Not what you can do, but what God can do.